We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by Jason Shear. Long time no talk, Shear. It has been less than 24 hours. How are you doing in the meantime? Splendid, Michael. That is all we want to hear right now. I am turning off this caption thing that is very annoying that keeps coming up. By the way, Shear now knows that you can p- click on the comments and you can see them now. So that will add a little bit of an extra, a little bit of an extra bonus to it. All right. We got a lot to get to this show as always. First, we're going to talk about Jedfish. Jedfish. We like petty Jedfish. Um, and I mean this in a very good way. Obviously, Keona Wilhite commits to the University of Washington yesterday. Then Jordan Morgan sends out a tweet, first round pick Jordan Morgan, that is, talking about how excited he is um, about to be a homegrown product from uh, and the uh, development that Jed Fish has done. Sheer, do you think this was a coincidence? Yeah, I mean, I, the article might have been because it was an interview with another outlet, but Arizona putting it out there with the title. I mean, it is a long interview and him being a homegrown talent is a very small part of it. So that part definitely wasn't a coincidence that, oh, all of a sudden the official account is tweeting that out. I love it. It's great. There should be more of it everywhere. We need more of it. And, you know, honestly, I think and again, I don't want to say that Jed Fish has taken the low road because he's not taking the low road. But I am a big fan, though, of if somebody's taking shots at you and you're a public figure. You have every right to defend yourself right there, and that is exactly what Jed Fish has done. He is saying, I will not stand for this. This will not happen. Not on my watch, my friends. Well, there's clearly a lot of people talking, and I'm sure there's negative recruiting, and Jed has basically said, I'm not going to sit here and let it happen. I'm going to fight back a little bit, and and I agree with you. Like I, I think Koshi should fight back more often because um, it's very clear why Jed is, is fighting back. You know, there's the, a narrative that – People are trying to form an incorrect one, and and Jed's just not going to sit back and let it happen. You know what I don't understand too is where did this narrative or this idea? And again, obviously, it's you know it's nonsense. But if you look at this Arizona football roster, they are developing players across the board. This whole idea that all oh, they're not developing players. Just look at that defensive line, for example, right there. I mean, you've got obviously Isaiah Ward that is starting right there. You bring in uh, obviously Jacob Manu at the uh, at the linebacker spot. Ephesians Prysock, Takario Davis. I can just keep going on and on down the list. Then you look on offense as well, from Jonas Sabanea to Wendell Moe um, to uh, Noah Fafita. Do these do these players not count? Yeah, it's a weird narrative. It, it really is because 
Um, like you mentioned, I, I mean, you could just go position by position and in every position has some guy that Arizona has developed. And it's not like these guys were super highly ranked either. Like, I right. mean, they were, you know, people wanted to Cario Davis out of high school. I'm not saying that, but I didn't expect him to be really, really good as a, as a sophomore, you know? And, and so you, you take a look at the playing time and all that and the offers that some of these guys had and, um, it, it's very clear that Arizona's done a nice job of developing them. All right. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about, well, we got a lot to get to on this show, but we're going to talk about Oregon State right here. Jason Shear has been disagreeing with me from day one. He believes that if Arizona, no matter how badly Arizona beats Oregon State, they should not be ranked. Shear, stand on that nonsense. <laughs> I'd be curious. I, I, you kind of have to rank them if they win, right? I, dude, I, honestly, joking aside, I think it's impossible not to rank him, is it not? Especially because I'm the guy that takes in good – I don't – yes, I know a loss is a loss. I care about all that. But you lose to Washington by seven. You lose in triple overtime at, at USC. Then you smack uh, uh, um, Washington State. You beat Oregon State. I don't know how you don't put him in. And, 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 I mean, like the losses would be by such a small margin. The Mississippi State loss clearly is a bad loss. Mississippi State's not good this year. But, I mean, you look around college football, and, and yeah, I, I think if Arizona wins, you, I'm not saying they're going to be top 10, but put them at 25. Why not? And how much do you rank, to in that, the fact that this team is obviously a lot different with Noah Fafita in there than it is with Jaden Delora? I think you got to be able I, – I, I know that, that doesn't, that's not the end-all, be-all, but I think that that's got to mean something, no? Yeah, I mean, probably not nationally with the guys that do the rankings, but um, it is very clear that should Arizona win this weekend, uh, it's, a, it's a top 25 team with Noah Fafita. And like you mentioned, the Mississippi State loss – was was you know it, that was not Noah Fafita, and we all know what happened in that game with the interceptions and all that. So, I mean, to me, I, I think Arizona gets ranked if they win this weekend. All right, so let's talk about Oregon State though a little bit. This is very interesting, by the way. So I pulled up Oregon State stats, and I will show this to you right here. I don't know if you can see this or not, but Oregon State stats also are uh, covered with Washington State player. Why is this? I don't care about Silas Bolden. Hold on. Check this. Oh, now it's in. I don't know. I guess it just heard me. All right. Let's talk about uh, Oregon State because this, joking aside, is a really, really good team. Robert Madrill, I believe 2014 was the last time that it was ranked, that Arizona was ranked. All right. Now, first, this team is going to try to run the ball right at you. They've done that pretty much all season. This is going to be a big game for Arizona. Damian Martinez is a big running back. Likes to get downhill, obviously. Um, probably going to finish the year with probably 1,100, 1,200 yards if he doesn't get hurt, something like that. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to be concerned about Oregon State's offense. It's a good um, it's a good offense here. That's the best way I can put it. it. And the thing is, it is it is very different from what Arizona has seen this season. Right. Um, maybe the closest would be Mississippi State, but it's much better than Mississippi State. Um, you know, Washington's going to throw the ball. USC is going to throw the ball. All that Washington State's going to throw the ball. Oregon State is going to run to open up the pass. It's the opposite of what Arizona's seen, and they're very good at it. They're very balanced. Um, The receivers are smaller and faster as opposed to, you know, the bigger guys that Arizona has had to deal with. And uh, it's it's not an easy matchup. That offense is very good, and and you can make an argument that as good as Washington and USC are offensively, in a way, this is the biggest challenge for Arizona's defense this season. 
This has a little bit of a Utah type feel to it to a certain extent. You got this big physical team. You know what they're going to do. Again, you got big running backs right there. Like you said, this is a different type of game that Arizona fans have been watching in these uh, these these uh, recent weeks right here. Now let's talk about DJ Uyagalele. Now, I'll be honest. I was wrong on DJ Uyagalele. I thought he sucked. Um, come to find out Dabo Sweeney is the problem right here. Who would have thought we were saying that a year and a half ago, but Uyagalele has obviously not been what he was hyped to be coming out of high school, but I will say he's, uh, he's been more than good enough for Oregon state. Yeah. He's an interesting quarterback to me because when you take a look at, at his numbers and I have them in front of me, um, a lot of it is against bad teams, right? Uh, you know, in, in like Cal, he had five touchdowns, no picks, whatever. UCLA, he was pretty solid, but he only completed 58% of his passes. He was very pedestrian against Washington State and Utah through right. picking both those games, San Diego State also. I think he's solid. Um, I think his numbers are, are a little bit inflated uh, against bad teams, but he's clearly um, a, a solid quarterback. He's not the type that I think is going to go out and – and necessarily win the game for Oregon State against Arizona. And I'm very curious to see how Johnny Nansen game plans for him. You know, do I'm they up. blow spot? Do they sit back a little bit? Do they play the run and just trust their defensive backs? Very curious to see that. I'm curious. To, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they play this one as well. Honestly, I think that uh, – um, I think this is a game that Justin Flo plays the entire game. I am more concerned about Damian Martinez, and you got a couple different running backs in there as well, than I am about the passing game. Now, again, the passing game's so- solid, but like you said, it's players like Silas Bolden, who's very, very good. That's going to be an interesting matchup, by the way. Ephesians Prysock, all six foot ten of him against five foot eight Silas Bolden there, Jason Shear. Yeah, and I mean when you when you take a look, it's not just Silas Bolden either. It's like all the receivers are are smaller. They don't have a big receiver. You know, Washington has some big receivers. You know, Silas Bolden is very fast and all that. He's five eight on a good day, right? And, and then and then like you know, let's say Price Arson, where you go and they have Anthony Gould as their other receiver. He's five eight also. Um, they have a very good tight end who you know Jack Valling who scores touchdowns every couple catches. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns on 16 catches because he's a red zone threat. Um, you know, they've got talent. It's going to be very interesting. If they can score points. That won't be the issue. Uh, defensively, they're not great, but um, offensively, they're they're very, very dangerous. Offensively, they're very dangerous. And on top of that, it's got – you got to think that this is essentially what Jonathan Smith was essentially going for when he took over this job. And honestly, I don't know that a lot of people thought that he'd be able to do this. I mean, again, offensively, pretty much across the board. Again, we're going to get to the defense here in a second. But offensively across the board, this is a pretty – I mean, there's not a lot of flaws on this Oregon offense there, Sheer. Again, not great in certain positions, but – you got a good enough passing game, got a good enough running game, and you got an offensive line that can keep people off of Uyagalele. Yeah, it's a good offense. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. They can put up points. And the thing that also worries you a little bit is they they will try to control the clock. Um, there's I, I have a feeling there's going to be minimal possessions in this game because Arizona, obviously this season, likes to control the clock. Oregon State likes to control the clock. So this is going to be a game where if you don't play clean, if you turn the ball over, if you have penalties, you're, you're probably going to lose. 
All right, now let's talk about the betting aspects of this because we're going to get to the defensive side. But first, BetMGM, Jacob Franklin, that's your cue right there, my friend. By the way, um, this is what Jacob Franklin looks like as he's running the show right here. (laughs) Um, All right, I'll let Jacob Franklin go. Without Jacob Franklin, the show does not go on. But BetMGM, check it out. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through BetMGM sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. How are we feeling about the three and a half there, Sheer? I like Arizona with the field goal right there, my friend. Look, man, money line's only uh, 150 Take it right in there. Hop in the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Check out the show notes for full details. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, thank you there, uh, thank you there, Shane Diefenbach. Thank you, Jacob Franklin, making a guest appearance, a cameo, as the kids call it. All right, offensively though, I think Arizona's going to be able to put up points. Um, listen, you put up, uh, you give up uh, thirty-five to Washington State. Obviously, I know that it's not apples and apples, but I believe that Arizona is at the point with Noah Fafita and with a solid offensive line and the skill position players that they have around it. I believe that Arizona should be able to put up points on about every team there, Jason Shear. Uh, yeah, they're going to score. And Oregon State's run defense has not been good at all. Um, Wiley's going to be back. I'm very curious to see how many carries he gets. This is going to be a big game for him, a big game for Jonah Coleman. There's no reason why Arizona shouldn't be able to run this ball and make life easier for Noah Fafita. Arizona's going to score points. This, that's why I said, I think I said it yesterday, this has a very uh, Pac-12 after dark type of feel, this game. Like, there's a good chance it just goes – off the rails with both teams scoring quite a bit. What time is the game? 7.30, Mike. And it's 7.30 the following week as well, correct? It is. You know what it is? They are trying to bury the A. Again, everybody out there, that's why you got to show up to the game. They're trying to bury the A, the national media, and everybody out there. We will not be silenced. We will not be stricken. We will be heard, Jason Shear. And there's no better advertisement to come to the game this weekend than the fact that Rob Gilmore is on the call. And uh, he's bad. easily the worst commentator going in college football. Yeah, we agree. That's, uh, yeah, it's a bad team. Is Ted Robinson on the uh, is Ted Robinson on the play by play? No, it's Custer, uh, Brian Custer. I don't know. And the next week is FS1. So I don't that I don't know who that is. Hopefully hey. Petros. Petros oh, will yeah. do it. I don't know, but I hope he does. I've asked Petros to come on the show multiple times. Here's what Petros always does. He says, sure. And then I say, can we work out a time? And then he doesn't respond. Petros, I'm on to you. I know what you're doing. <laughs> um, oh, back to A, Gilbert Arona. Hello, Gilbert. Um, but Arizona should be able to put up points here. And um, honestly, this is where I also really like. And again, we like Michael Wiley a great deal on this show. Good question, Tony Clifton. We'll get to this in a second. Um, but I also feel that Jonah Coleman is better in games like this, where I need to stay ahead of the chains. I need to be able to get four yards. I need to be able to get six yards, three yards, et cetera. Jonah Coleman, to me, is that dude at this point here, Skier. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, I, again, I like Wiley. There's ways that Arizona 
can still use him and has to use him. I know that Jed loves Wiley as well. He should. I'm not saying bench Wiley or anything like that, but I think Coleman this week, Saturday, 15 carries, uh, I think is a good number for him. Give five or six to Wiley, you know, kind of spread it out. Um, They never give a 30 carries to back. They're just not like that. But 15 to 18 carries for Coleman, I think, is the number. You know who needs to get the ball 10 times? Dude, I think this is a good week for him, too, because they their line has not been good. Make them tackle Speedy Luke. We need to get Fam the ball. We need to get Fam the ball as much as possible. Fam's coming out party this past week. More Fam, please. By the way, Brad Rich says even Tony Altimore and his charts are saying the Cats have the edge. Go figure. Tony actually backs the A, I think, at this point. Would you, uh, you have made him. You have made him back the A. He has no choice. I have beaten Tony down. I said, listen, if you want protection from all the Big 12 fans, you have to come over here and you have to back the A. I think he's back in the A. Okay, now, um, as a unit, who would you rank higher at this point? Uh, Oh, this is a good question. Arizona's offense or Arizona's defense? Hmm. That's a very – Statistically, the defense is a lot better than people around here think. Like, it's literally one of the best offenses and most efficient offenses in the country. Um that's a good question there. That's why uh, I, think, I, I think we kind of lean towards the defense, though, just because of the jump it made since last season. And it's been dominant, too, in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, let's be honest. Against SC, that was a dominant performance right there. I know they got a bunch of overtime points and stuff. Don't care. You hold Washington at that point to, uh, what, 31 points, only 10 in the second half. Washington State uh, gets one touchdown and nothing else. It's hard to go against the defense at this point. That's what's so wild about it there, Sheer. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, it just the defense has played well. And then, I don't know, man. Like, the offense has been really good with with Noah but behind center. But I think when you take a look at who Arizona's playing and, and, and all that, um, I'd probably give the edge to the defense. Or we can take the easy way out and, and just say it's a push. Nah, we're not going to say it's a push. By the way, speaking of the push, uh, Lu- uh, Lucas Haverasek is in the NFL right now with the Cleveland Browns. They're a very good look right there this year. Isn't it the Rams? Oh, the Rams. Yeah, same team, whatever. Uh, um, like, yeah, good dude. Yeah, dude, good dude. And I will say I never saw him playing in the NFL, but you know what? Take advantage of your opportunity. To quote Eminem, you only get one chance to blow right there. Um, now, uh, back to the def- back to the Arizona offense here. People keep saying, you know, when's Noah Fafita going to have that freshman game, whatever. I don't know that he's going to have that freshman game because he's not your typical freshman. Now, again, he's not going to have great games every game. I get all that. Um, But this dude has been wired for this moment. This isn't a guy that you're just throwing in there and like, all right, well, you know, uh, (laughs) pat him on the butt and say, all right, do what you can out there. He's been ready for this moment since he was about 10. Yeah, I mean, there's just some guys are just built different, and, and he's one of them, you know, rises to the occasion and all that. And um, it, it, it's just his that that's just how he is. Like, no one around him is, is surprised at how he's handled the whole situation. Let me ask you this which teams in the conference are clearly better than Arizona right now? I think Oregon is probably, yeah, definitely agreed, and probably Washington at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. That's wild to say. That's our show clip right there. Jacob Franklin, put that down. That is our show clip right there because I I think you're right. I think it's essentially Washington and Oregon, and then that's it. I think Arizona's even money really on uh, on pretty much any given field there, any given Sunday, any given field. 
Yeah, I'm really curious with the the spread. I mean, look, Oregon State is the number what eleven team in the country. The spread's only three and a half. Right. Uh, UCLA, uh, Arizona will probably be the underdog, but it's going to be small. Colorado, Arizona will be favored. ASU, Arizona will be favored, and in Utah, they'll probably be the underdog, but it'll be small. Like Arizona may not be more than a four point underdog the rest of the year. Uh, I don't think they are as well. All right. Now, when we're going to get to this question there, TLN. But first, game time right here. Uh, let me find this read. Hold on a second. Game time. All right. Now, you might say to yourself, where can I find tickets at the last second here? And where can I find them at an affordable price? Game time comes to the rescue right here. Check out game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code for PH or uh, redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Tony Jones, where are you? Where? Tony, we missed you yesterday, my man. We actually talked about not seeing it. Bear down, back the A, my friend. Um, Kevin Sumlin, yes. Kevin Sumlin got a DUI. The least surprising news that uh, I think anybody ever uh, in Tucson has ever heard there, Sheer. Yeah, it was, it's, it's sad. It's not surprising, which makes it worse. A lot of stories. Surprised it took this long. Surprised Maryland hired him, and hopefully he gets the uh, the help he needs. By the way, do you want to tell uh, people about how uh, he was in line for a position, and you said you might want to do a background check? Sure. This is the power of sheer. Uh, for which one? Uh, oh, like yes. Go he ahead. Gonna, this is good. Uh, he was going to get hired to be the head coach at a a small school, and I have a buddy that's an AD, and I said you might want to do a background check and look into him a little more. And he went from finalist to not even a candidate within 24 yeah. hours. You know Shout what's different? To- you know what's different? Speaking of people that drink a lot, this is why Kevin O'Neill and Kevin Sumlin, when people try to compare them, I scoff at this. And the big reason why I scoff at it is because Kevin O'Neill is a professional drinker. In that Kevin O'Neill is going to drink and drink and drink, and he's just going to be able to do it. Kevin Sumlin's the dude that gets sloppy. Kevin Sublin's the dude that's like fallen under the table, whereas Kevin O'Neill is the one that is telling the kids to come in here and he's going to buy him more drinks. Would you agree with that? Uh, I think what you're looking for is Kevin O'Neill is a functioning alcoholic and <laughs> Kevin Sumlin is not able to function as an alcoholic. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's probably the best way to put it. But, you know, KO's told me about this before. He says, I like drinking all the time. I drink as much as I can when I can. So I'm not telling you uh, anybody, anything out there that KO would not I, tell anybody. I will say this. I have seen KO drunk many a times. It was never sloppy. It's like, wild. It, I mean, it was never. Kevin Sumlin, there's stories of him passing out all over Tucson. I've never heard a story like that from KO. He gets a little rowdy once in a while. But it's never sloppy. It's crazy. Dude, do we, so we, we tip our cap to Kevin O'Neill, correct? <laughs> sure. Yeah. This is good. This is a good drinking advertisement. Yeah, no, it is. They do. We don't have anyone. Uh, true story. I'm going to tell you guys all this. You're going to like this. KO. Um, so KO would always go to uh, uh, Trident after the games uh, when he was coaching here at the U of A. The great Kevin O'Neill, that is. And um, he would be in the back booth. There's a back booth. And he would buy drinks. He would tell stories. He would do everything. And he would, like I said, and it would be like, and he would be there like 40 minutes after the game. I can't even imagine like that he had a post-game talk with some of these players. I just imagine him saying, yep, we lost. We'll see you at practice. I'm going to yell at you. Head and Trident. <laughs> KO is the best. The first no, time I met him, KO offered me a beer 
at his house within seconds. Yeah, dude, the dude's awesome, man. So we agree. Um, now, uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, all right, we're gonna get to basketball here in a second. But first, Sheer, because we might not have you on the rest of the week. Are you back in the A? Are you picking Arizona to win this game? Yeah, I already said it yesterday. Come on. I it's, gonna be, it's gonna be messy. It's gonna be a messy game. I'm just letting people know. It may not be very fun to watch at times, but I think Arizona pulls it out. This is the most difficult game remaining on the schedule by a good percentage, I think. UCLA's offense doesn't do anything for me. Colorado stinks. Um, ASU stinks. Um, Utah's really good, dude. Utah is really Yeah, that's true. And true. That's true. Utah's really, really true. true. That's good. Um, either way, I think it's. I think you can make the case this is the toughest game remaining. Yes. I respect now, that. Let's look at the games, though. We expect Arizona to win, that we would be very surprised if they didn't. And again, then we're going to get to some U of A basketball. Don't worry. Zoom Diallo talk, all of that good stuff. Um, but first, when it comes to uh, thinking about this, you think about this team. I expect Arizona to smash Colorado. I don't think Colorado, I mean, maybe smash is too strong of a term, but a 10 point victory, 14, 10, 14 points, something like that. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, don't think think, Colorado, I don't think Arizona's blowing up anybody, but yeah. Right. ASU, I expect Arizona. I know it's a rivalry game, yada, yada, yada. I expect Arizona to win that game as well. Uh, yes. I mean, we, and, would, we wouldn't say any other, anything otherwise. So there's your six wins right there. Let's get one more win, and then we're uh, we're playing Nebraska in a uh, – what is the bowl? What is the bowl game? Uh, I don't, there's so many – I've seen – I don't think Arizona could play Nebraska, to be honest. I don't know if there's a Big Ten. They're not ready for it? What about the Rose Bowl? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Arizona-Nebraska went out. Can I get an Arizona-Nebraska Rose Bowl? Oh, man, seriously. Oh, can you imagine, dude? Heinrich Herberg against Noah Fafita. Give the people what they want right there. Nine and two, nine and three teams. What more do we need? Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> All right, hey, three. real quick, I want to talk about breakout candidates um, because uh, I, I tweeted this the other day, and we have Tony Jones on here. This isn't just a uh, this isn't just a kissing up to Tony Jones. We we agree with this. Here's my three breakout candidates for next year's scare. Kean Burnett at the tight end position. Um, I think a lot of people have forgotten about him with uh, um, with Tanner McLaughlin in here. Kevin Green, AJ Jones. I look for both of those guys. Um, Kevin Green really to uh, step in and take over that spot for Cowing. Yeah, there was uh, Fish was asked who could do like the Jacob Manu thing, you know, and and he said no one this year. Uh, but he named a few guys that he named Malachi Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said Leviticus Sua has gotten better. Tay Brown, the one that I've heard, and I'm going, I'm going super sleeper here. The one that I've heard that I, the coaches love, and it just happens to be at a loaded position, is uh, is Dorian Thomas at tight end. Mm-hmm. Like they think he's going to be awesome, and right. so um, that tight end position, all of a sudden you have him, Burnett, and Tyler Powell is going to be good. But yeah, I, I mean Kevin know. Green, Kevin Green clearly is going to is going to jump you know aj jones there's going to be room at wide receiver next year it's going to be really interesting to watch the wide receiver position is absolutely is going to be just fine here at arizona assuming we play more than three i would hope next year that there will be more than three although although we got to say that some of these guys are getting a little bit more run now that noah's in there sure yes it looks a little different now that noah's in there all right. Yes, it does. So again, those those are our breakout candidates. But again, Kean Burnett, that's my real pick to click right there. All right, now let's get to a little bit of U of A basketball here. Again, Shear's got to be off at eleven ten. Oh, first, come on, we got to talk about it. We haven't talked about it. Circle K. 
Oh, when yes. did you last? When did you last go to Circle K? Uh, I'm actually after this. I'm going to go get go get gas. I thought you were actually going to say you were at Circle K right now, and I said you were lying <laughs> to me. You're not at Circle K. Uh, no, I'm currently not at Circle. I got excited because I saw a bull projection that you would love. All right, well, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, something I love even more than that: Circle K, the inner circle. Do you get it? I do get it. It's very okay. creative. It's awesome all right here's the deal join inner circle for free by downloading the circle k app terms and conditions apply at participating locations visit circlek.com for details all right what would you, what do you have there sheer i can tell you sitting on something good in phoenix the guaranteed rate bowl great name for a bowl mm-hmm. nebraska in phoenix versus byu oh wow wow i mean that writes itself right there i mean seriously you would I would, for sure. You would have all of Mesa cheering for BYU, and then you would have uh, Nebraska, obviously. Jacob Franklin. This would be an interesting game for Jacob Franklin as well right here. Let's ask Jacob Franklin who he would root for. Jacob Franklin coming <laughs> Jacob Franklin coming back into the show. Jacob Franklin, who would you root for between BYU and Nebraska? You have family My, in Nebraska. Um, yeah, I'd probably root for Nebraska. I've got no tie to BYU, Mike. I don't know. I don't know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you did. Insinuating. All right. All right. We're removing Jacob Franklin from the scene. Actually, I just removed Jacob Franklin. He's a good guy. Um, Brad Rich says, yeah, Mike, we don't get the luxury of ever overlooking Tempe Community College. We do get the luxury of it. I just said it right there. We're going to beat. If we don't beat ASU this year, and I mean like stomp them, I'm going to be very upset. By the way, the Scadaboo guy – I've had multiple people ask me if we could uh, grandfather him into the back the A movement. No. no, but I do like that guy though. That guy is fantastic. He's good. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he, uh, he can do a little bit of everything. Hits hard. Yeah, I like him. Uh, yes, for, for sure. Um, Brad Rich right here. He says, dude, this is actually a very good point. Dude, if you're going to go be drunk, go full Sark and be engaged. Don't be drooling, falling out of the golf cart. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's something to be for being a functioning uh, drinker like uh, Kevin O'Neill. All right. Now let's get to a little bit of U of A basketball. Zoom Diallo. Many people asking, are you going to put in your crystal ball for him? I have, Do no, it. Idea. Don't be a weenie. I have no idea where he's going. Nobody has any idea where he's going seriously nobody knows right do you think he knows uh no i don't right all right now um let's look at this roster though a little bit defensively all the time you know whenever i talk with jason shear and we go over our hours of pre-show notes he always wants to just talk about the offense that's all he wants to talk about i say no we're going to talk about the defense this show shear I'm actually very excited about the defensive potential on this team. Um, obviously, we talked about Keyshawn Johnson, Jaden Bradley, the Swedish pinball Pella Larson, um, Umar Ballo, not a great defender, but still a leader of men back there. I think this team's got some pretty good defensive potential to it. Yeah, it does. And I think Johnson is the anchor there. You know, Bradley's a good defender. Boswell's fine on defense. Pella's a good defender. Um, there's no reason why, you know, Umar is fine. He's not, you know, amazing but he's he's good enough uh arizona should be on paper a top 15 defensive team what do we think about uh, dylan though uh as a defender though what'd you see from dylan we only talked about dylan's offense maybe i think we shortchanged him a little bit defensively well he wasn't able to defend himself from getting his bike stolen am i right it's true he did not defend his that was actually very very good 
Um, actually, that might be the show clip right there. Um, <laughs> that was that was very good, dude. Dylan, oh, we're backing you. By the way, Frank Kelly. By the way, Frank Caliendo <laughs> messaged oh, yeah. me. Messaged me, and he said, "So, what are you guys thinking about Dylan right now?" And I said, "Dude, you don't got to sell me on Dylan." And then he said, "Does Sheer still hate Dylan?" And I said, "Sheer <laughs> is going to be bludgeoned by Dylan this year." Or next I've year. I've never hated Dylan. I think Dylan definitely thinks I hate him. I've never, I just, oh. I call it like it is, Mike. I call it like it is. No, 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 no. And Sheer, and Caliendo's son also thinks you hate Dylan. Sheer, you got I mean, a lot of powerful, you got a lot of very powerful people after you right now. I didn't know Caliendo had a son. He does have a son. His name's Mike Luke. I'm just kidding. Uh, but by the way, did we see Donnie Salem's, uh, Son or nephew or whatever it was wearing the the back fully backing the A with Peyton Manning yesterday. Dude, I tweeted that out immediately. I had three people tag me and say, "Oh my gosh, the A is being absolutely um, the A is being absolutely backed right there." Back the Anderson. I like that one, L Bloom. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the defense. On to serious talk. Um, I do think that uh, you've got some guys that have some potential to be some really shut down defenders right here. We obviously talked about Keyshawn. Pella Larson, this is this is that year to strike. He's a good defender. Now you start looking, saying, all right, you need to become that lockdown guy. You get the wing on whatever other team there is and go from there. Yeah, look, Pella has taken so much hate from people like you, and I've defended him. This is this is his year. He needs he needs to get shut all you people up this season, uh, or it'll never be done. This is the, and you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious to see because a lot of it too, behind the scenes, a lot of people felt, and you know, this, that Kerr was a major distraction for him. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I expect you to make a major jump. I don't understand too. That was the thing that always kind of uh, surprised me a little bit about that entire endeavor is that why there was such a steadfast backing for Kerr when he was kind of, there were some issues behind the scenes right there. It always baffled me a little bit there, Sheer. Same thing that we had the discussion with the quarterbacks, Mike. Coaches don't give up on their point guards, their quarterbacks, as easily as you do. Yeah, but I'm right, though, most of the time on this. Am I not? I, I did not. Did I not say that Noah Fafita should have been starting much earlier than he did? Real time. Well, we're going to find out when Jaden starts on Saturday and leads Arizona to win over Oregon State. We're going to find out, Mike. Brad Rich, I got to fight back on you about this. Brad Rich, the great Brad Rich. I'm go. I keep hearing getting this comparison, and I see it on Shear's board all the time. That was way better. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. Um, Christian Braun can dribble, and Christian Braun can come off a screen and get a quick three up. That's the difference. I know they look alike uh, athletically; they're the same. But Christian Braun has more basketball skills per se than Pella Larson. You agree, Shear? Pella Larson reminds me of. Uh... Uh, Tyler Harrow. Tyler Harrow. That's who it is. Tyler Harrow. So you think that Pella Larson's going to average 20 plus per game in the NBA? That's what you're saying right what there. What did Christian Braun average last year? It's not, it's not great. He was in the NBA, dude. Pella's going to be in the NBA. Don't you listen to Tommy? <laughs> Tommy also said he was going to be like a first team All American. Um, there be one of your biggest L's ever will be if somehow Tommy gets Pella in the NBA. Um, yeah, I will give him, I will give Tom, listen, I've taken a lot of L's over the years. My last name begins with an L. So, I mean, I'm going to take that, but, uh, I agree. 
you guys are all crazy if you see it. But again, I will be the first to apologize. The My Bad Pella movement will be in full uh, full throw this year. Um, Pella is white Jordan. Duh, that's very good. Who? Uh, all right. Oh, but, uh, now, you might be listening to me and saying this guy is so full of crap. You're probably right. You probably need some OGs to be able to settle yourself down. Check out the, our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at OGsBrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. You must be 21 years or up to, and enjoy it responsibly. And no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Here's what you'll also get. We always talk about the merchandise, discounted uh, Discord chat. You also get Jacob Franklin. That's also what you get right here. Jacob Franklin, we bring he, we, he has a camera now in his office. We're going to be bringing him on the live stream periodically throughout each show. It's a big part of it. But joking aside, this is a great time to become a PHNX diehard. You got the Cardinals. You got the Suns. You got the Wildcats. You got the D-backs. And by the way, the D-backs coverage is absolutely killing it right now. Derek and Jesse do fantastic work. Very good people out there. Become a PHNX diehard today. Um, also, oh, Tony Clifton, Jacob, AKA Keck Keck has not been around lately. I wonder why. Interesting. Oh, by the way, we got to talk about Josh green here for a second. Josh green's kind of been overlooked in like the whole, that whole kind of last era of, uh, uh, Sean Miller. Josh green's turned out to be a pretty good NBA basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's solid. I think he's going to get better too. I think Zeke in a way is kind of what he is, which is fine. He's, he's like a more of a role player in the NBA. I think green has a chance to be like a, a you know, double digit year type of starter guy. Was your, uh, let me ask you this. Was your worst take ever the Nico Mannion uh, take? No, 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 no. What's wrong All with right, that? Every, everybody out there. So again, sheer did sheer. When did you hit Tucson in 2001? No, Mike, you always take this incorrectly. You always take this incorrect. I said, I know exactly why you're going to try to throw me under the bus. I said that coming out of high school, Nico Mannion was hyped like Bibby. Not as good as Bibby. I said he was hyped like Bibby. Like he was what? Top five at one point? Mike Bibby was the second best player in his class behind Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Sheer, come on. If you would Nico Mannion was the eighth best player in the country. That's not the same as being the second behind Kobe Bryant. Well, he was eighth behind Scotty Lewis. Oh, well, Scotty Lewis and Kobe Bryant. I mean, they go. Class Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Nico Mannion, Scotty Lewis. There is not one Kobe Bryant there. This is correct. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point for sure. All right. I, I do apologize about that. Yeah. Anyways, that was one of Shear's worst takes and you, uh, you've been trying to fight it for the longest time, but you just can't fight it anymore. Um, all right. Now, before we sign off though, we want to get a Diamondbacks preview from Jacob Franklin real quick. Jacob Franklin will be coming back in here in a second, but first also shooting for this team real quick. Um, the people on this team, there's not a pure shooter per se on this team. Boswell's good enough. Um, Pella with the set shot is good enough. Um, Caleb Love, I believe, is going to be good enough. Um, there isn't a pure shooter on the team, though, Sheer. People ask me about that all the time. That's my answer. No, there's not a drop dead shooter. I don't even know if those exist in college anymore, to be honest. There's very few. 
of those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably Arizona's biggest concern is is their jump shooting, especially from three. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right. Jacob Franklin, enter. Come on. Come on, Jacob Franklin. We're going to preview. We want to get some D-backs talking here real quick. This is called a plug for a show. Hello, Jacob sure. Franklin. Sure. Hi, Mike. All right. Jacob Franklin, tell the people what you expect to have happen tonight. There's a big game and where they can find all of this. Yeah. So the, the lineup just dropped for tonight. Um, questionable starting Emmanuel Rivera after watching him just be the probably the worst player in baseball for six games. But uh, Alec Thomas will probably be the first player off the bench tonight. Uh, so that's a little bit questionable, but it, you know, it doesn't really matter when you have savage mode, Brandon fought on the mound, um, a rookie starting game seven. Uh, the coolest story of the season so far, Brett Strom, um, when, when Brandon was sent down to Reno for the first time this year, Brett pulled him aside and said, at some point you will be pitching meaningful games for this team in the playoffs. <laughs> And certainly enough, he is pitching game seven after uh, being the first player in Major League Baseball history to go back-to-back starts in the playoffs and not walk a batter and give up two or fewer hits. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's it's game seven. It's in Philly, so that's a tough environment. But anything can happen in a game seven. All right. Now, also another thing, too, the reason I brought you on. The Diamondbacks coverage that you guys have had going on is absolutely top-notch right there. Seeing this absolutely explode right now has been one of the coolest things to watch. You're behind the scenes, but you also hop on the show from time from to time. Time, talk, to time. Yeah, talk a little bit about it right there, Jacob. Um, you know the the Diamondbacks. Were By the way, Sheer, hold on just a second. By the way, Sheer, you can bounce. I know you got a doctor's appointment. Jacob and I are going to flirt for a few minutes. All right, well, everybody. Bye, Sheer. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Though, sorry. Uh, the, the Diamondbacks were kind of my first love um, for sports. I was probably in fourth or fifth grade when I was playing baseball, obviously. And and then, you know, as soon as I learned how to actually control the TV and didn't just get something <laughs> put on for me, like I somehow just found baseball and, 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 and kind of fell in love with the sport from the beginning. But um, so I've watched them through thick and thin, just about everything. I mean, obviously, the last time they were in this spot was when I was 10 years old in 2007, and they didn't win a single game. So this has been pretty special for me, right. considering I don't remember 2001 at all. Right. So, you know, this is this is this is a pretty special time for me. Yeah, uh, talk a little bit about because again, like the coverage with Derek and Jesse has been yeah. top notch. Like yeah, I said, yeah. seeing it blow up the way it has, it's been fantastic. Yeah, those two guys have have put their blood, sweat, and tears into that beat, the Diamondbacks beat. They, um, you know, they they started when when PHNX started, baseball was in a lockout. Right. So trying to start a ba- baseball podcast when you literally have zero idea if baseball might not be played for the next two years is ridiculous like it's it's it was an extremely challenging process and the numbers showed that i mean they won't care that i say this i'm pretty sure their first ever month or their first couple months they averaged maybe 150 views and listens in a month i mean it was it was pretty brutal for for the start um and it's it's been pretty awesome to see them kind of take the the bull by the horns through this whole you know this season has been fun and it's had its ups and downs but this playoff run has been particularly special for them jesse's provided some great coverage on the road derek is manning the shows back here with our all-star producer damon who also takes on our cardinals beat he's been he's been pretty special um over this run and this month alone i think they're gonna they're gonna eclipse some some record-breaking numbers for them and that's it's been pretty awesome 
All right, everybody out there, though, again, on a serious note, check out PHNX underscore Diamondbacks right there. Hop on right after the show or right after the game. That's where everything's happening right there. Again, rapid fire. Jacob Franklin might even be making a guest appearance. Is this true, Jacob Franklin? No, No I'm going to go home and probably watch the game from my house. Right. Well, we don't want you out there. We don't want you at any more games because we know how that worked out. Yeah, they did lose six to one. Right. Okay. All right. But on that note, we're also very excited that Jacob has a camera now. Jacob will be joining the show much more often, uh, by the way. Uh, Brad Rich said, Jacob, this is good. Jacob Franklin seems like a nice dude. Is uh, he our favorite? Jacob Franklin. I certainly hope so. We look past the ASU background with Jacob Franklin because Jacob Franklin is a leader of men. And honestly, he puts up with my 6.30 a.m. text asking me or uh, asking, asking him. for the links. Yes, asking for yeah. the links when I could just wait until 8.30 when they actually populate. So whatever. But Jacob's the man. Jacob, we appreciate you. Check out the PHNX Diamondbacks show. We'll be back. pregame. What, what? Oh, pregame. 4.30 pregame. Yeah, 4.30 pregame. And then the post will be around 8 o'clock. All right. Very cool right there. So again, 4.30, check it out right there. They'll get you all ready. All right. I'm taking tomorrow off. It's not my choice. Jacob says I have to take two days off per uh, seven days. It's for my sanity. Blame this guy, not me. But for Jason Shear, the great Jacob Franklin, I am merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.